This meeting is being recorded. Got it. Hello, today I have the lovely Stuart James with me. Hello, Stuart. Would you like to introduce yourself and remind us about yourself? Hello, my lovely Donna. How are you? It's great to be here. Um, I'm Stuart James and I'm a psychological thriller and horror author. And my books include um, The House on Rectory Lane, Turn the Other Way, Apartment 6, uh, Stranded, and soon to be released, Selfie. Yes, indeed, which is out tomorrow? It's out this uh, Thursday. Oh, Thursday. Oh, it's It's on pre-order now. Yeah. It's weird. I seem to be missing a day as well. We was at a wedding on Sunday and we came back because it's unusual to have a wedding on a Sunday, but a very good friend of ours got married down in um, Eastbourne. And um, it was beautiful. No, no, it was Swindon. It was near Eastbourne, Swindon. And um, we came back kind of Monday morning and it's like a day's missing. It's so weird. But it's it's Tuesday today, isn't it? It is Tuesday. And then Wednesday's tomorrow and Thursday's the next day. Don't ask me, man. <laughs> I haven't got a clue. They will blend. Could be. Could be Thursday. Yeah. Could be Monday. <laughs> yeah. But it's out this Thursday and it's on pre-order now. On so Amazon. tell us a little bit about it without ruining it. Okay, so selfie is it's actually a, a, um, an idea that was derived from my daughter. And my daughter is my uh, soulmate. She goes everywhere with me. Obviously, Tara is as well, and Ollie, my son. But my my daughter, she loves to go on car rides. So we, we go driving a lot and through the country roads and that. And she has a game that she plays. She actually plays this game um, with her friends. It's called Selfie. <clears throat> and... We could be on the motorway or we could be like stuck in traffic or anything or in, at the traffic lights and she'll take a selfie and she'll, as we're passing other vehicles, the vehicle driver sometimes will look and she'll hold the phone in front of her face and she'll take a selfie with her on the screen and the driver in the background. And she, some of them will be blurry, some of them will be like clear and then they'll send them to their friends and we go ghost hunting a lot. Um, I bring them out, uh, Ava and her friends, like we go ghost hunting probably every couple of weekends, you know, I love it. And we don't normally film it on TikTok. Um, and anyway, I thought, you know what, I'm going to derive a story from, from what my daughter does. So I derived a story called Selfie. I thought, right, let's work around that. And I always think, what if, what if, it's always got to be the shock factor. Um, whenever I get an idea, it's always what if. They're my two big words. And um, anyway, we're driving along. Uh, I was, no, sorry, I was um, thinking, like, you know, when, when Ava plays the game, and I thought, well, what if there's a father and he's driving along the motorway and the daughter's in the car, <clears throat> kind of the same age, Matt is more or less the same age as me, and the daughter, Lucy Lou, Lucy, she's kind of the same age as Ava, 15. So anyway, I thought, well, what would happen if she's taking selfies, but she takes something that she shouldn't have taken or they shouldn't have seen? Um, anyway, she she does, and they pull into a petrol station. It all starts, this is all at the beginning. And she's like, Dad, Dad, look at these pictures. And he's kind of busy picking up food in the service station on the motorway. And um, he grabs sandwiches and he grabs crisps and drinks and all that goes to the front, pays for it all. And she's, Dad, Dad, come on, you've got to see. Look at these pictures, they're great. 
So anyway, he turns around and he's having a look. He's like, Lucy, these are all pictures of you. It's just you in the pictures. Don't you get bored, like, taking selfies with just you in them? And, she, and she's explaining the game. I take drivers as you pass them. Anyway, he's looking at the pictures and he's like, oh, what the hell? And he sees one in particular and he zooms in and he sees something terrifying in Lucy's selfie in one of the other cars. So anyway, he's like, oh, my God. He's like, what? And as they're coming out of the petrol station, the car that Lucy took the selfie off has actually pulled into the service station. And he's like, quick, Lucy, get into the car. And as they're driving off, he looks in the rearview mirror and he sees the car after them. So it kind of all just uh, derives from that. Um, my good friend Catherine Norfield actually um, has just read it and, and uh, done a review. And I thought it was amazing. She, she said it's a cross between um, Hostel and the Cecil Hotel. And I thought that was, that was, I love that. I love that. Cross between Hostel and the Cecil Hotel. So, yeah. So, it, and obviously I've got a lot more characters involved because I wanted the story to go in different directions. And I wanted there to be a lot of twists. And, you know, anyone that's read my books, there's always a lot of characters. There's always a lot of stories going on. Um, and, yeah, I wanted to take it to like a, I wanted to take the story to Brighton because uh, I love Brighton. And um, I wanted I wanted a real creepy factor in the story. Like my stories always have something creepy, like turn the other way. There was the slaughterhouse in the middle of the woods. Um, the house in Rectory Lane, there was obviously the, the creepy house um, in the country. Um, apartment six, there was the creepy flat that they broke into. Um, stranded, it was the creepy coach, you know, stuck in the middle of nowhere. I always liked the creepy element. So I thought I'm going to use this old hotel with, with a, a, a lot of history, steeped in history and a lot of stuff that's gone on there. And... Um, you know, sinister characters and everything. So, yeah, so I devised the Blair Hotel. And, um, yeah, I'm very proud of it, I must say. I'm very, very proud of it. Very, very proud of the story. And um, I, I remember when I thought of the twist, obviously I won't say anything, but I remember when I thought of the twist, it took me a couple of days and I thought, how can I finish this? How can I... Because I always like people to... I always like people's jaws to drop and and as soon as their jaws drop, I, I want to finish the story because if I feel if I carry on after the twist for another few pages, people will forget the twist and they'll remember, you know, what happened at the very, very end. But if I, I always like to finish on the twist because people are just like, whoa, what? Oh, my God. And bang, it's done. That's the end. Of it. That's the end of it, you know. So it took me a couple of days to devise the twist. And um, I remember sitting in the car and we were going to pick up like a, a sofa because we've done our outside bar into our outside office into a, a bar and we've got like it's great we've got drinks out there now and tables and stools and it's all decorated like a proper pub and um i remember going to pick up a sofa that my wife bought um from from somebody locally and, and i was in the car and the twist came to me and I was so giddy in the car. I was like, oh, my God, I've got it. Oh, my God. And Tara's like, what? what? I'm like, I've got the twist. I've got, oh, my God. I said, can I get away with that? Could that is that possible? And she's like, oh, for God's sake, Stuart. I said, and I said, no, 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 I've got it. And I, I just remember being so excited. I was like, oh, wow, this could really work. And I think it does. I think it does, I think it does work. So, um, yeah. yeah. Obviously, we won't say anything, Donna, darling. 
no um all i will say is that i've read it and as you know i was completely blown away by it it was awesome and i never expected it to go where it did anyway so and you say about your relationship um with your daughter and that really really obviously came through in the book as well um how close um father and daughter were which was really really lovely like you don't read that very often in fiction and it was so so obvious so I love that as well because I yeah. know that's your daughter anyway. So when I was reading it, I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah, my daughter is my my angel. She's my absolute angel. But yeah, I I kind of it it is kind of based on on me and my daughter. The story Matt and Lucy. It is. Uh, yeah, I'll admit that. I think it. I think it is. Like while I was writing it. Um, it was just the way me and my daughter go on with each other all the time when he's blowing raspberries at her in the, in the rear view mirror when they're driving and he's winding her up and she's like dad will you stop and, and he gets the last word and keeps trying to get the last word and just always sort of uh, the mum's telling Lucy off and he's going ah, in the back that is completely me completely me <laughs> and, and Ava yeah. really. it's crazy <laughs> she but, yeah it. I um she hasn't read it. No, she will. She will do. Yeah, she will do. The, the last, she, I, I remember she actually read The House on Rectory Lane. She's 15. She read The House on Rectory Lane when she was 11 or 12. And I remember her, she was glued to it, you know what I mean? Which I was so proud of. But she came running into the bedroom one night and she was like, oh my God. And I said, what's up, darling? And she jumped in the middle of our bed and fell asleep. The following morning, I said, what was wrong with you last night? She said, oh, the bit where Kate goes down to get a, a glass of water and then she sees the face at the window. And and I, I was like, oh, God, yeah. So that's kind of the last time she's read one of my books. So she's uh, 15 now, so she'd be fine with it. But, um, yeah, no, no, she will definitely read it, yeah. she's It's just like um, she's so busy with, like, revising and all that kind of thing at the moment and, and working and stuff. But she will definitely read it. She's very proud of her daddy, as I am of her and Tara and my son Ollie, who's a, a legend. He's in Luton now at the moment. Oh, really? <laughs> He's up in Luton. Near you, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yeah. I was... yeah he's, he's up with a friend. <clears throat> cool. Hopefully in the nicer parts. Yeah. <laughs> I was uh, <laughs> not very nice about Luton when I spoke to Hobeck because <laughs> it's dumb. Oh, well, you know. <laughs> it's a horrible place. You, are you just outside, Lou, and you're Dunstable, are you? Yeah. Yeah, yes. Dunstable is lovely. It's nice. We used to go to, years ago, we used to go to Ritzy's and Dunstable. Is that still there, Ritzy's? Um, it's called After Dark or something now, because I went to it when it was Jumping Jacks, and then it changed to something else. But, yeah, that's where I spent my... Uh, young teenage years as well going clubbing but I, I don't even know yeah. if it's a nightclub now it's all painted black and stuff it's weird but yeah it's still there in a the quadrant yeah yeah we um we because I originally used to live in northwest London like Neesden Dollars Hill and we used to get a, a coach up the last Friday of every month a minibus like sort of 10 or 12 of us and we used to go up to Ritzy's and Dunstable Oh my God, it used to be like, it was amazing. It was all like sort of 18, 19 and it was just the best night out ever. It was just such a party place, you know, Ritzy's. It was amazing. And my sister used to come with me, Lord of Mercy, and she used to come come with us and all, and my friends, we all used to get a minibus together, you know, and 
used to be fantastic, absolutely fantastic. But um, yeah, it's a shame the clubs, there's just a few and far between now. There's not that many left and they're talking no. about shutting down more. And, and I couldn't believe it, actually. I read why nightclubs are sort of closing down now and there's not as many of them is because of all these bloody dating sites and social media and all oh. that kind of thing. Yeah, Peter Stringfellow, he was doing an interview a while back and he was saying that uh, his club is is going to probably close down and loads of other big clubs and stuff. And it's all because of like people are meeting each other now on social media and dating sites and that. And they choose, you know, your first date, you're not going to go out to a nightclub. You normally go to the cinema or go for a meal or something or a drink. And it's really put the dampers on, on, on nightclubs. Oh. But nightclubs are a terrible place to go for a date or to meet people. They're, yeah. just, they're the worst possible place where everyone's drunk and it's really loud. And yeah. just... <laughs> <laughs> You're showing your age, Donna. What the hell? Oh, no, I don't think I could tolerate a nightclub now. There'd all be children and it would be too loud. <laughs> yeah. We're lucky yeah. we have a lovely little pub just around the corner from us, the... Um, the three compasses in Aldenham and it's just it's it's like one of my stories it's a little pub in the middle of the woods and it's just beautiful and um it's all families there and all that and but I I couldn't go to a nightclub now for all the money in the world or honestly I couldn't think of anything worse just it's you know what I mean been there done that even like somebody said to me go on an 1830s holiday um club 1830s for a week and a booze cruise and all that if somebody gave me Five hundred thousand pound, and said, "Go on a club eighteen thirty holiday for one week, booze cruises, and all that. You're drinking around the clock." I couldn't do it for five hundred grand. No way, no way. No. I just like my sofa. I like my box sets. I like reading. <laughs> I like my writing. I've really got into Love Island, actually. Oh my god, what the hell, Donna? I can't talk to you. I can't even. <laughs> You're missing out, baby. You're missing out. I refuse. To kill my brain cells with that nonsense. I will never, ever watch that, ever. <laughs> oh, well, we weren't watching it. And, and my son, about three weeks ago, said, oh, come on, can we can, can we watch it? It's a really good one tonight. And me and Tara were like, no, no, we're not watching Love Island. No, no, no. And then um, we started watching it. And then we're glued to it. And once you watch one, that's it. You're just reeled in. And now we're like, we missed it at the wedding Sunday night. So we recorded it and we watched two in a row last night. It's like, what the hell? I do, do you know ashamed. what I love? Creek. Hey, what? It's Creek. Have you seen that? Oh, I keep hearing about that, but um, oh. I haven't seen it. I read. I don't have time to watch TV. <laughs> this is my. Is that your favourite thing? Do you prefer reading than watching telly? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, I have the TV really? on. Yeah, because I'm on my own. I have the TV on for noise, but I very rarely watch anything. The last yeah. thing I sat and watched properly was Line of Duty and um, oh, was- and Sex Life up to, you know, a certain point because everyone kept telling me to. <laughs> but apart from that, I don't. I read. Yeah. That's supposed to be brilliant, that show, Sex Life, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I was just told to watch um, episode three to 20 minutes in. <laughs> Which I did. I've seen, that, I've seen that on social media. <laughs> yeah. Holy the geezer in the shower, oh my God. Yeah. 
Yeah, I've seen that on social media. Loads of people were like, oh my God, have you seen Sex Life? Have you seen Sex Life? It's like, what the hell, man? <laughs> but Shit's Creek, you should give that a go. It is absolutely Shit's Creek, honestly, Donna. We watched the first episode and we were like, mm, okay. But you just get to love the characters. And, and you, honestly, when me and Tara were watching it, I had to stop because there was only six episodes, six series. I had to stop at series three for about a month or two because I didn't want to swallow it all up in like six series, like, you know, in a few weeks and that's it. So now we're on, we came back to it about a month later and now there's one series left and I just can't go back and watch it because it will be over and I'll be heartbroken. It is honestly, it is absolutely fantastic. It is so funny. And, and, you know, they're all in this town that they were billionaires and they were literally uh, through tax evasion or whatever, or tax dodging, they were thrown out of their huge house. And they recall that they bought, um, they had so much money, it was ridiculous, but they recall that they bought this whole town called Shit's Creek. So they thought, right, well, we'll go there and live there. And it's just got a couple of shops and a little bar and all that. But all the characters that they meet that live in this town, it is just hilarious. It's absolutely hilarious. And um, you know the woman from the mum from Home Alone. She's she's one of the main stars oh, wow. in it. Oh. Yeah, yeah, Kevin. You know her. Yeah, she's one of the main. <laughs> she's brilliant. In it. Moira. Yeah, Moira and John, and then there's the, um, the the son and daughter. But honestly, it's just it's fantastic. What was that? I watched the other one as well with Michael Douglas, the something effect, the Kiss Kapinski method. I think it's called. That is amazing. Okay. That is amazing. Yeah, it's Kathleen Turner's in it and Michael Douglas and all that. And yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, we'll try. Yeah. But crazy, crazy blog lady keeps me busy. So, <laughs> who's crazy blog lady? Zoe. <laughs> oh, Zoe. She knows big shout out it. to Zoe. Yeah. Oh, big shout out to Zoe O'Farrell, legend man. She is. Zoe O'Farrell. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. she gets to be interviewed by me as well now. She actually oh, asked as well. She asked to be interviewed. I'm like, ha, ah, yes. Oh, Zelly oh. book's coming out in three weeks, isn't it? Ouija. Uh, yeah, 30th of August. I forgot what month we're in then. Yeah, bank holiday. Yeah. So I everyone know, should go pre order it because it's awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've got to get, get, get around to reading it. It's just, I'm just so busy at the moment. I'm, I'm trying, I've just uploaded all my books so I've got them all back now and um I, I I've been I all last week I was working around the clock I was uploading um the house in Rectory Lane now I'm working on Stranded I'm just getting ready to put that out hopefully tomorrow evening and uh, then apartment six so I can have all my babies out together Aww. um yeah so yeah Zoe's I remember Zoe like obviously when we used to do the podcast and we used to have so many conversations because she really believes in the paranormal and ghosts and all that kind of thing. And so, have, like speaking of the topic Ouija boards, have you ever done one? No, I don't think so. I've, I'm no. too chicken, I think. <laughs> I, do you know what? As you know, I'm fanatical about ghosts and horror and uh, paranormal and all that kind of thing. But the Ouija board is one thing I would never, ever do. Never. Yeah. I've heard so many frightening stories. <laughs> Exactly, so just messing fun. with stuff that you shouldn't be messing with, in my opinion. Yeah, but they reckon that is a, a portal to call demons mm. and all that. 
you know, and, and uh, you need to be able to open it properly, shut it properly, say goodbye. And But on TikTok, I'm, I'm on TikTok and um, there's this woman, I think this is called Mad Paranormal. And she does seances at night and all that. But she does the Ouija board sometimes live on TikTok. And it's like you watch, but you think, oh, my God, you know, what if something comes through TikTok to me? <laughs> So just, I kind of flick past it. I can't watch it. I've heard so many scary stories about it. You just think, nah, no way, yeah. no way. I couldn't do it. No chance, mate. <laughs> no, me either. Yeah. Um, so you, are you um, changing all your covers for your books that you've got back? Uh, no. So I have literally... Um, uh I'm, I'm using the old covers so uh i struck up a deal with my old publisher that i could buy my covers because it's just a little bit too i, I do love the covers i love the cover of house on mcg lane i love the cover of stranded um i love the cover of apartment six um and it's just people know the my books from them covers do you know what i mean so I just thought, well, I'll, I'll ring my old publisher and maybe we can come up with like a deal. And yeah, so they, they, they sold me the covers, the, the rights to the covers, which is brilliant. Awesome. Um, I do love the cover of Selfie. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, um, that was done by a guy called Jerry Todd. And um, he does all the covers for Jeffy Diva. You know Jeffy Diva? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and also he does all for James Patterson. Mm. Uh, so I, I had a chat with him and he said, yeah, 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 let's, let's do something. And I kind of gave him the idea. I, 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 I initially wanted Ava on the front of the cover, but she was like a, a bit sort of like, oh, no, I can't, I can't. And, um, then I thought, well, do you know what? What I'll do then is I'll have a phone elevated and I'll have the image of something as a selfie and, and um, yeah, he just designed it then from the idea that I wanted. And oh, I'm blown away by it. I mean, I, I love it. I love the cover. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely love it. But he was great. He's a great guy to work with. And he's also going to be working on Creeper as well. So Creeper, I'm going to have like a, an old kind of derelict farmhouse um, in, in the woods with somebody sort of a shadow standing opposite it watching it. Because that basically is what Creeper's going to be about. Awesome. And when's yeah. that coming? <laughs> that I'm hope, hoping that's coming in November. I'm about, I've got about another 15,000 words to write on that. Then I'm going to get it beta read by um, two or three people I use. And then I am going to um, get it published. I've got, uh, sorry, edited. I've got an editor who works with um, John Mars. And Riley Saga. Oh. Um, you know Riley Saga? Yeah. So I've she's working on, on... Yeah, yeah, he's brilliant. Um, John Mars, obviously, as you know, is a legend. Um, Riley Saga is brilliant. So, uh, the, yeah, the editor is going to uh, work on Creeper. And then, obviously, I need to um, get it proofread and then hopefully get it out in November. But that's a proper scare fest. <clears throat> that is a, a real, real real creepy story i'm really proud of that one that's um basically it starts off uh 
with a husband and wife documentary team. And they are up at this place in Oxford, this old um, asylum um, for the for the criminally insane. And they I wanted to start the first chapter, make it a long chapter, <clears throat> but just have dialogue, nothing else. No explaining what's happening, what's going on, where they are. I just want a dialogue between the husband and wife. So when they're actually filming it and you're reading the story, you're kind of more involved, if, if that makes sense. Um, I wanted like kind of to put the reader in, in the middle of the story of the scene kind of instantly from the word go. And they're investigating, uh, they're, they're doing the documentary and they're, um, you see them going round and it's pitch black and they've got the camera light on and they set it all up and they're looking around and they, they're describing what they're seeing. Um, and they walk further into the uh, derelict asylum. And then they start telling the story to the camera of a guy called Mark Whelan who back in the 1960s um, was lying still in his cell at the very end of the building. And this nurse, was a name Nurse Riley or something? Anyway, he, 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 she, he, she came over and saw him lying in the cell and said, oh my God, are you okay, are you okay? And she's like trying to shake him in the cell. And then she opens the door, uh, nurse, nurse Eastwood, her name is. And as she opens the door, he leaps up and literally bites a chunk out of her face and uh, kills her. And then he gets out and he opens up all the other cells and kills all the other six inmates and escapes into the night. And that's how it starts off. So this this story of, of uh, Mark Whelan and based back in the 60s, like a true story in the book um, of what happened. So anyway, as they leave, uh, you know, they're really creeped out. And as they leave, they see this car parked in the car park and it's sort of kind of flashing the lights at them. And um, the car comes over and the bloke's going, there's somebody at your wife's car. There's somebody at your wife's car. You've got to run quickly. So the guy runs over. The wife is just getting into the car. And then you turn around and he's like, there's nobody in my wife's car. Are you okay, hon? And she's like, yeah, I'm fine. What are you on about? They turn around and he's got a bat and he gets out of the truck and they managed to just escape and they don't know whether that was Mark Whelan or not. So, but then there's, you know, they, they move into this derelict farmhouse in the middle of nowhere and they start investigating a story of uh, an urban legend um, called Creeper. And apparently he, 20 years ago, used to stand outside residence houses in this place called Painswick in the Cotswolds and he used to watch them. And he used to get into their houses and get into the bedrooms and, and lie under their beds and watch them like from outside. And also responsible for um, eight or nine missing women over a 20 year period. And they say, right, let's delve into this urban mystery, this, this creeper, this urban legend. And as they delve into the mystery and, and the, the legend of creeper, they realize that he could be very, very real. And um, yeah, so it just kind of, uh, it's a proper, proper scare fest, man. There's like so much going on. And then there's a guy called Billy Huxton, who's a private investigator. And he's a, he's actually one of my favourite characters I've ever written in a book. He's a real grumpy bugger. You know, he's, he's <laughs> just, he's just lost his wife uh, a couple of years ago. And he's a real, you know, he's a real uh, grumpy git. 
And anyone that comes over, you're okay, Mr. Huxley's like telling them to sod off and this and that. <laughs> but there's another guy called Declan and he's a real flamboyant character. Um, he's actually the, the local entertainer in the home where Billy is. And he's like, you know, they love him, uh, <clears throat> Declan. He's like, he'll be like, right, come on then, let's have a game of bingo, but let's, who fancies rugby? And he's talking to all the old age pensioners. And then he's like, um, right, okay, we've got to, uh, like he will say, um, on its own, like when he's doing bingo, on its own, all of you, hey! he's like, sort of like just <laughs> taking a piss all the time. But they love him, do you know what I mean? And then he's like, uh, then he, He's like, one of Gladys will come up and, okay, Gladys, you've got that number, you've got that number. Well done, you've won another two weeks at, at the residential home. And, oh, you are funny, Declan. And, oh, you, you know, he's just a real nutter. Anyway, he's full of, like, one-liners and, and just a real, real joker, you know, and always there. But anyway, and he's, he's always taking the piss out of Billy. And Billy's, the more he takes a piss, the more grumpier Billy, get, uh, Billy Huxton gets. And Billy Huxton is, like, sort of 60-odd. Declan is just, just, he's just a lunatic. He takes nothing seriously. And um, anyway, we find out that Billy realises, and Billy Huxton, while he's in the home, in the old age people's home, he finds out that the, there's a new woman gone missing in Painswick, like now, and they realise that Creeper might be back. And Billy Huxton, the private investigator, he swore he'd never work again because he lost his wife a few years ago and he couldn't get over it and they work together as a team he decides to go looking for creeper and declan joins him so they 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 go on the on the hunt for creeper and go down to the old farmhouse and they're all together and it's like i i'm 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 loving writing it <clears throat> absolutely loving writing it yeah so i'm hopefully hopefully that's going to hit amazon around november awesome well but there's I a lot of <laughs> Thank you, darling. There's there's a lot of um, very tense. Very, I've I've written some really scary scenes, like some some proper proper scary scenes uh, that that happened to them in the farmhouse. And um, but there's a lot of laughs in it as well. So it's kind of a, a mixture of, of of both. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, I'm looking forward to to out as well. You know. Awesome. So that's it, really. Yeah, and I'm I'm probably going to make that a series, Donna. Um, I'm thinking because I I think Billy's the Billy and Declan are my two favourite characters that I've ever written. <clears throat> it's really weird. I don't know what it is, but when I was sitting down, like writing Declan's speech and the way Declan like jigacks and and pisses around, and he's he's a, he's a real as I'd say in Ireland, he's a real idiot. Do you know what I mean? But I sat down writing the scenes, and I was actually laughing to my head off in the kitchen. I was like, what you know what I mean? <laughs> Just, I think it's just going to be like a, a lot of fun uh, with with Declan and Billy, but uh, proper a proper proper scare fest. I mean, this is this is probably one of the scariest books I've ever written. So, yeah, can't wait. If it yeah. beats her house on Retro Lane, then you're doing something right. <laughs> thank you, darling. That's my that's and my I guideline. must say thank you. For having, that's your guideline. <laughs> <laughs> I must say thank you for having me on here as well. It's it's always an honour, and you know you're a very 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 close friend of mine. You've always got my back, and um, it's a pleasure that you, you asked me to come on here for a chat. You know what I mean? Anytime. It's lovely. So just before you go, because I know you have to shoot off, would you like to just remind everyone where they can buy your book? 
Oh, thank you. Out on Thursday, and you can pre-order it now on Amazon for ninety-nine pence. So yeah, and then Creeper, watch this space. Hopefully, Creeper will be coming out in November. And of well, course, you're going to get an, <laughs> you're going to get an arc for it. Of course. Good. So I won't have to ask this time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you never have to ask. <laughs> never have it's to fine. Ask. I just have. I just <laughs> nudge you to remind you. That's all. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> well brilliant well thank you very much thank you donna thank you so much for having me on darling you're always welcome thank you for being you sweetheart <laughs> oh thank you yeah, likewise <laughs> all right i'll speak to you soon yeah you will god bless darling